Do you want me to get more coffee? Okay, you okay. get some more coffee, that's fine. Okay, thank you. I, of course, am Mary B's number five son. I have four older brothers, Jim, John, Joe, Jerry. This week's episode is dedicated to my mom, Mary B, who in 1968 made the very important decision, the most important decision of our lives, to move her kids to California to get away from her alcoholic husband and her, their alcoholic father out of Bridgeport on the south side of Chicago because she knew their lives would not get any better if they remained in Bridgeport. And for that, Mom, I am forever grateful. Thank you. Mary B. presents Thanksgiving Special. Okay, welcome to um, our very special Coffee Break with Mary B's Fifth Son. And today is the 38th anniversary of Mary B, my mom, passing away. And it was probably about 2 a.m. on actually the day after Thanksgiving, that Friday morning, 2 a.m. I consider it as her pass going on Thanksgiving. Um, so... Here's uh, what I'm going to do today is give a few interesting facts about my mom that I think my brothers may have didn't know or even forgot. It was on Thanksgiving 1967 when I was called to duty to make the toast, start making the toast for the stuffing. And that's when you know, we were playing uh, Ode to Billy Joe and having our great cup of coffee with Carnation Instant Milk. Again, I don't know how many people know about Carnation Instant Milk. Milk in a box, powdered, lots of sugar. And yeah, that was my call to duty. Didn't serve in a war, but I served a lot of in, in that mess hall, in the Balser mess hall. My job was to toast. And uh, since today's Thanksgiving, just let you know, I toasted the bread yesterday. It's been a continuous for, what is it now, 54 years. Okay, so I toast to me being toasted. When she was 25, her and my Aunt Marge were walking home. They were waitresses, and two guys tried to rob them. And they tried to grab her purse. And unfortunately for them, it happened in front of a police station. I have the newspaper article. And uh, unfortunately for one of the uh, thieves, the cops shot him as he tried to get in the getaway car and they called the other one, but she was a victim of a robbery on that one. And then in 1970, uh, at Aiden's grocery store, Aiden's, uh, Mr. Aiden was Leo Aiden was our landlord. He owned the grocery store at the corner. We were the house next door. So we had no phone for probably about 18 months when we moved back from California. So we had no phone because we couldn't afford it. So we would have to go to Leo's and he had a pay phone. So our life was cut off from the outside world at 7 p.m. when Leo would shut down. And then he'd shut down on Sundays at noon. So we had no calls. And some days when he'd get a call, let's say at night before 7 o'clock, he would send his daughter over. Sometimes Leo, if it was emergency or something, he would come over to our house and tell us we had a phone call. Well, this night, my mom needed to make a phone call. And it was probably about 6.30. And a guy walks in holding a gun, holds them up, 
points to go and get my mom, you know, to give whatever. She didn't even have a purse. She had nothing. So the guy left, and I remember her coming home. She was all shaken, and uh, just it, it took her probably about a day to uh, get her nerves back. And um, 1978, I'm sitting in the restaurant. I think it was with my dad because Pam can't remember, but I thought it was with Pam. But we were in DMAR's restaurant. I think it was 1978 or 79. And all of a sudden, we hear we've been robbed. Well, my mom was at the cash register when a guy came in, put a gun at her, and demanded money. So I remember us trying to chase the guy through downtown Blue Island and he was able to get to the railroad tracks. But again, so it's three times uh, my mom was, let's call it life in danger. He had a gun pointed at her twice. And the other one, two guys grabbing her and my Aunt Marge's purses. And um, she survived that. You would have never known she had all of that going on the way she carried herself about. And that's a credit to her. So you had her married to an alcoholic raising six kids basically on her own as a waitress and having this terrible things happen to her. Um, and you would have never known it, never. And, I mean, later on, you could see things aged there. We always thought that it was because of the old man, which I think 99% of it was, but the other 1% was uh, all of this bad things that would happen to her. So she was able to get through that. And then some of the verbal abuse that my dad would heap on her when he'd be drunk. Uh, one of the main things was she was born in Knoxville, Tennessee. So after Dr. King was assassinated in 1968, when he'd be drunk after that, he would claim to her kiddingly, of course, that she was somehow related to James Earl Ray because Dr. King was shot in Memphis, Tennessee. So we tied my mom in with being born in Tennessee to James Earl Ray because Dr. King was shot, assassinated in Tennessee. So kiddingly, of course, but he would do that in front of us. And at the time, we didn't know better. You know, he'd laugh a little and my mom would just have a look on her face. I don't want to call it disgust, but just, you know, humor him because like I said in the last one where she told me arguing with the drunk, you're never going to win it. So she got through that with the verbal abuse. That's just one one time that you know I'll bring up, but that was the most interesting one. Then um, a couple of things that people might not know or obviously don't know is in one of the first episodes, I talked about four songs that she told me to turn up. Well, let me give you one song that she told me to turn off. She didn't like it. She did not like that song. And it was Happy Christmas, Happy Xmas, War is Over by John Lennon. She disliked that song very much. I brought home the John Lennon album with that on, and I played it a couple of times. She just told me she did not like that song, and the police turned it off. And she knew I liked the Beatles. She knew I liked John Lennon, but she could not listen to that song. So I never played it around her anymore, which was fine. And then her favorite song that I knew of at the time, close to her passing, her favorite song was Steal Away by Robbie Dupree. And we went, Pam and I went to see them 
him, Robbie Dupree at, um, I think at Aurora, who's with like a bunch of other groups from the 80s and 70s. So that was her song. And she actually bought the 45 in downtown Blue Island at a record store. She bought it herself and would play it, it uh, in her apartment at Blue Island. So those are two interesting facts about her. Uh, and then let me get into one other thing that uh, on her gravestone, first of all, here, let, let me give you one, one interesting, which always sticks in my mind. At her funeral, a wreath came, and it was from my grandma, her mom, um, Grandma Ida May. She was so broken up that she couldn't come in. She just was heartbroken that my mom died. But on the wreath, it said, Mama loves her baby. Now, how many times have you ever thought about your parents being somebody's baby? So on that thing, it always sticks in my mind. Always. Just that, you know, you never think of your mother as someone's child, someone's baby. It was just like, just sticks in my mind. So we have the... The gravestone is a military gravestone, and it's like one of those plain ones. And I have, again, I have nothing against the military. Three brothers served in the military, and uh, it just, you look at it, and all it says is Mary Elizabeth Balser, PFC, World War II. That's it. And then it gives the date she was born and the date she died. It doesn't say that she was a daughter, a sister, a mother, a grandmother. It's just a plain military one. And her brother, my Uncle Herbert, was a great guy. He served in the military. Now, his gravestone is the exact same thing, only it's true for him. He never married, never had kids, served honorably in World War II, but that was it for him. Again, a great guy, but he had no family, nothing, you know, marriage or, or children. So when it happened with the gravestone, we had, uh, we were just getting married at the time. Uh, my brother, Jerry, uh, was married and we're early in our marriage. We can't afford to get a gravestone. So we took the freebie from the military. And then years later, Jerry and I tried to get it changed. Like, to something to say something on there and because if my dad's his has something because grandma millie paid for it and on it it says to know him is to love him and on my mom's it just there's nothing so my brother jerry and i tried to get it changed get the military thing changed or at least add things on it and we were blocked by two people let's call them one and six okay we were blocked from doing it so it's never changed it just Anybody that goes in a cemetery, looks at it, says, oh, Mary served in the military. She's a PFC in World War II. That was her life. Again, it's just a plain, it, it doesn't say anything about her. Um, so let's end this on a positive note. I'm not going to do a movie review, but I have something from a movie that I really like that I uh the quote in there towards the end is something I honestly believe my mom would say. And it's from Iggy Threadgood in the movie Fried Green Tomatoes, where they're walking towards 
Ruth, I think that was her name, her uh, gravestone, and she looks at, uh, I can't think of her name right now, uh, she looks at the woman that's with her and says, you know, people who live as long as you remember them. So it's like when I tell these stories and I remember, I want, I remember them and I want people to know that they live too. That's why I'm doing this about my mom, that she lived her life. And then Iggy says, the most important thing in life are friends, best friends. And my mom had one best friend. Her name was Loretta. And that was her childhood or high school friend. They stayed friends forever. And her and her husband put up with my old man because my old man literally scared away the majority of my mom's family. So she, uh, Loretta and PG, or his real name was Joe, they stayed on as my mom's friend for forever until Loretta passed away. She was, uh, she had cancer and then she passed away, but that was my mom's best friend. And she would always talk about Loretta. That was, again, her best friend. So uh, we're going to do that movie quote in here because I think it's very important because I really believe that it's something that my mom would have said, and it's a great movie. And like I said, you can call it a chick flick, but if it's a good movie, I'll watch it. Don't care who's in it. Um, if it's good acting, good writing, again, a good movie, I'll watch it. Don't care what they call it. So that's it for my mom, Mary B. And this was a tribute, kind of, you want to call it sound, but there's, I, I need people to understand when I say uh, my mom was the hardest working, toughest person I've ever met. If you listen to what I just said about the robberies and everything, you would have never known it with her that she lived through all of this and she raised six strong kids. We never spent a day in jail. And it's a credit to her for fighting against, let's call it the old man. So she kept this straight and in the narrow. And it's a credit to her. And that's what today is. It's her past, the day she passed away. But we celebrate her life, or I do, on this day. Because it's, it's just a reminder of everything that she did, you know, for me. And I know my brothers and sister are grateful, too. But... I just I just want people to know everything that she went through. Well, not everything. This is some of it. But again, this was for my mom, Mary B. Coffee and a smile. Put those two together. You're going to have a great day and a great life. Thank you for listening. I feel better because all these people have lived as long as you remember. You reminded me about what the most important thing in life is. Do you know what I think it is? No, man. Friends. Best friends. Oh, man. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us with Coffee Break with Mary B's Fifth Son. Join us next week where we continually talk about coffee, which we all love. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Jeff Balser. The intro was by Yvonne Two Elements. Thank you. Uh, production by Downtown Media Works. Join us every Sunday morning for Coffee Break with Mary B's Fifth Son. And you can like and subscribe us on Apple Podcasts. And you can also find our website on Buzzsprout. How she survived it and was still was able to raise, you know, six kids, you know, that she was tough. Again, I think I said it in there that she's the hardest working, toughest person I've ever known.
Okay. So I think that that was enough in there. I know it's sad, but you know what? It's a sad day. It's a sad, it, it's a sad day. It really is. It still bothers me. And, uh, it just, it hurts. It just, uh, you miss people. And then you think about everything that they taught you and brought to you. And you just, you know, like I said on that one, they say time heals wounds, flesh wounds. Yes. In your mind, it never heals. It never, your heart, it never heals. So, you know, it's been a long time. I could remember all of us in, in the, um, in the hospital, you know, sitting there and the nurse feeling her feet. And then they say, okay, as the feet start getting cold, that means, you know, going through all of that stuff. And my brother, Joe, and I walking in one day, that's the first time we ever heard of hospice. Okay. It was like really weird walking in there with this lady talking with my mom, you know, and then we find out she's with the hospice. We're like, well, what the hell's that? Okay. So, you know, it was a lot of different things and it is, it's not, it, it's not, we celebrate her life, but it's not, um, it's not really not a day's celebration. It's like a, a, um, I just, you know, like we'd have to sit there and when he would say that shit to her about her being related to James Earl Ray, you know, he ruined all her pictures. She had no childhood pictures. So he ruined everything, all her memories, threw them out. Her family wouldn't come around. Her family alienated her, you know, so, but she survived all of that and didn't teach us, you know, anything about, Hey, there's other things I could, I could go on about that happened with her and I, riding the bus in the Bridgeport and everything, but I won't get into that till maybe later. But um, there's a lot more on that gravestone. We try, if you look at that gravestone, I'll send you a picture of it. It's just like, it's like looking at a wall. It's like looking at a person's boring life. And there's more to that. You know, and you look at it, and then you look at my dad's, you, you'd have thought he was like Bing Crosby, for Christ's sake, with all, you know, to know him is to love him. And we got lazy. To be honest, which my brother Jerry and I, we got lazy and we admit it. And when my mom died, but we were broke at that time too. So we we all pitched in the barrier and then we put uh we we took that free military uh gravestone. And it was like, ah, uh, you look at it now, and again, I don't have anything against the military, but it's just so boring and just terrible. You know, they had, I think it wasn't Modern Family, the middle, where the guy was explaining about his brother's death, that on the gravestone, there's that line, the hyphen in the middle. That's their life. It's like my mom's was October 1st, 1924, hyphen 1983, November 25th. That hyphen is their whole life. And there's really no hyphen in there on that gravestone. It's like cross but it's not I don't know it's where you know I know I made this one sad but that's what I want it to be because it it's I want them to know that she survived that you know you have a gun she pointed a survivor. in your face you had you have a gun pointed in your face twice twice right and then you got these two guys coming up to her and trying to rob her and it it she made it through all of that there was no anger in her, never, it, it, against people that, that, did, that did this stuff.